thanks for listening. I am Chris Wagenti, a voice actress with voiceovers by Gypsy. And this is Who Gets It Naturally. Music was composed and performed by V. Caritis. I'm not selling anything, diagnosing anything, offering any cures or replacing your doctor. I'm just sharing my passion for natural products. If you're pregnant, please consult your doctor before trying anything new. Everyone is different, so you may need to tweak the recipes a bit to work for you. Always start with the least amount of essential oils. You can always add, you can't take away. Remember, these remedies don't last forever. You need to reapply as needed. If you're allergic to any of the ingredients I use, please substitute for something you're not allergic to. Just because it's natural doesn't mean you can't be allergic to it. First, a few updates. My sister and I have acquired holy basil tea, and as I'm writing this episode, I have started drinking a cup a day. By the time I'm preparing the next episode, we should have been drinking it for at least two weeks, so I'll be able to offer some findings then. We've been getting lots of rain and intense storms lately. The quick changes in barometric pressure as the storms roll in and out has been messing with not only my sinuses, but also my joints and whatever arthritis fibromyalgia I got going on. I've been doing several things to counter this. At work, I've been diffusing eucalyptus essential oil at my desk. I've been rolling Home Run, and you'll find the recipe in my Muscle Relaxers episode, all over my head, forehead, temples, behind the ears and down my neck, along the base of my skull, along the top of my head, wherever it hurts and a dab on the sides and ends of my nose. And I've been alternating between rolling deep to left, also in the muscle relaxer episode, and massaging jojoba oil and black spruce essential oil into my hips and knees. I have had a few nights where nothing helped and sleeping was optional, but not even Advil helped on those nights. Advil is the only pill I'll take. Well, Regular Advil and Advil cold and sinus when the allergies are just so obnoxious, nothing else works. Yes, there are times when the natural stuff doesn't cut it, but again, sometimes neither do the drugs. Sometimes you do need the drugs, but not for every little thing. For instance, when I had a reaction to penicillin back in the late 80s is when I started to slowly back off pharmaceuticals. In the late 90s, I had a really, really bad... I don't even know what. I had a fever for a few days. My throat was so sore, it felt like I was swallowing razor blades. I finally went to the doctor. And since I can't take any of the psyllins, like penicillin, amoxicillin, etc., I think they gave me like a three-day Z-pack or something like that. Now, it had been about 10 years since I had taken any kind of an antibiotic, and I wasn't too keen on taking this one. But let me tell you, the first pill kicked but it made such a huge difference. I had to be talked into finishing the doses. And that was the last time I remember taking any pharmaceuticals. I truly believe that it worked so well, so fast, because I don't take antibiotics for every little thing. This was also way before I got into essential oils and natural products. I believe that using essential oils every day in whatever capacity, aromatherapy, healing, cleaning, helps protect you from the bad stuff. Knock on wood, I haven't had a fever in over five years. I've felt like I had a fever, even the flu, thanks to allergies. Just because you cough and sneeze doesn't mean you're sick and need antibiotics. 
Okay. I admit that I can be somewhat of a ditz at times. I just noticed I forgot to post the transcript to Season 1, Episode 9, Frankincense and Myrrh. Apologies. It's there now. I also just checked the stats on the downloads. I don't see specifics. I just see what channels are being used, like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google. What devices are being used, iPhone, Android, PC, and what location. Shout out to Ridgefield Park and Weehawken, both in New Jersey. Almost every episode has been downloaded at least once in each of those towns. Thank you. I'm also blown away by the fact that several episodes have been downloaded in nine countries other than the U.S. Seriously, I'm floored. There are downloads in India, Germany, Switzerland, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Denmark, the U.K., and Canada. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. On to the meat of this episode. Let's get in depth with Witch Hazel. Witch hazel is a flowering shrub indigenous to Atlantic North America and is also grown in Japan and China. Sometimes called witch hazel water, the leaves and stems are steam distilled to make the colorless liquid you're familiar with. You can usually find it in stores next to rubbing alcohol and hydrogen peroxide because like rubbing alcohol and hydrogen peroxide, you can use witch hazel to disinfect cuts and scrapes. Unlike rubbing alcohol and hydrogen peroxide, Witch hazel is a plant extract. Rubbing alcohol, also known as isopropyl alcohol, is a chemical solution that comes from petroleum, natural gas, coal, and other fossil fuels. It evaporates quickly, which makes it great to clean the rollerball on a mouse, your keyboard, TV screen, and other electronics, and keep the glass cleaner from streaking. You can use it to disinfect cuts or small wounds, but it will dry out your skin. Hydrogen peroxide is a chemical compound used to disinfect and oxidize. It's big in the dental industry to whiten teeth and is great to use as a disinfectant for wood cutting boards, countertops, sinks, and it kills mold. It's great to get stains out of laundry. You can also use it to disinfect cuts and small wounds, but it can be a skin irritant and can actually interfere with the healing process. The witch in witch hazel has absolutely nothing to do with conical hats, green skin, and noses with warts. Whether it's because the natives use the flexible branches to make bows or the pliable branches being used to divinate water, the witch part comes from Old English Weiss, W-I-C-E, or Weish, W-Y-C-H-E, which mean pliable or flexible. Hazel is actually Old English for any bush in the pine family. Nothing to do with magic. Native Americans used witch hazel as medicine to treat many different ailments, from reducing inflammation to treating tuberculosis. It's recommended for the treatment of hemorrhoids, sore throats, varicose veins, and burns, and to ease the pain of sunburn, insect bites, and poison ivy, as well as diaper rash, cuts, and bed sores. Studies have been done on the effectiveness of witch hazel to combat colon cancer and skin cancer. Two of the compounds found in witch hazel are gallic acid and tannins, both having anti-inflammatory properties. Without getting too sciencey, let's try to put a flow to this. Phytochemical is the main category, kind of like whiskey. 
phytochemicals are natural compounds with pharmaceutical and nutritional properties. One group of phytochemicals is phenolic compounds. There's a vast array of chemical compounds that are phenolic compounds. I've actually discussed some in past episodes. Cinnamic acid derivatives in the cinnamon episode, for example. Others include phenolic acids, coumarins, tannins, and flavonoids. To go back to the whiskey analogy, phenolic compounds would equate to, say, Jack Daniels. Cinnamic acid derivatives, phenolic acids, coumarins, tannins, and flavonoids would equate to Old Number 7, Gentleman Jack, Tennessee Apple, and Tennessee Honey. I hope I didn't just confuse you more. Let's try another analogy. Okay, think of phytochemicals as grains. Phenolic compounds would equate to different types of grains. Wheat, barley, rice, quinoa. Break that down more. Let's take rice. There are different kinds of rice. Jasmine, brown, long grain, wild. Which would equate to phenolic acids, tannins, coumarins, and cinnamic acid derivatives. Okay, as you can see, this can get wildly out of control. And I hope I didn't confuse you more. So I'm going to jump back to the topic. Try this. Top of the pyramid is phytochemicals, then phenolic compounds, next is phenolic acids, and tannins, and then gallic acid. Gallic acid is one of the most abundant phenolic acids in the plant kingdom. It has antioxidant, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, cardioprotective, gastroprotective, and neuroprotective effects, among others. Besides its pharmaceutical properties, it is edible which makes it very popular in the food industry. It can inhibit the oxidation and rancidity of fats and oil and is used as a flavoring agent and preservative. Its antimicrobial properties help fight HIV, hepatitis C, herpes, and influenza. Its anti-cancer properties fight against colorectal cancer, leukemia, skin cancer, among others. The anti-inflammatory properties help ease gastrointestinal issues such as ulcers and ulcerative colitis. It helps protect against cardiovascular disease, metabolic diseases such as obesity, diabetes mellitus, and hyperlipidemia can also be fought with gallic acid. It may also help in the fight against neuropsychological diseases such as Alzheimer's. According to the PubMed article, PMC, 6528712, quote, Gallic acid can partially neutralize the substance-induced toxicity in the liver and neural system. The beneficial and protective effects of gallic acid on substance or radiation-induced toxicity in connective tissue, especially bone marrow, renal, reproductive, and respiratory systems, have been proven. Almost all of the above-mentioned effects are linked to the antioxidant activity of gallic acid. End quote. Pretty powerful stuff. The article also states that gallic acid has different mechanisms to reduce inflammation. Used topically, gallic acid prevents UVB hyperpigmentation. Basically, it's a sunscreen. Tannins are most associated with wine, dark chocolate, nuts, tea, and coffee. The more I researched tannins, the deeper down the rabbit hole I got. To make it as easy as possible, let's just say they're schizophrenic. 
There is such a wide variety of tannins and their interaction with other compounds changes them enough to make this excruciatingly confusing. Tannins are used in tanning animal hides to make leather and making inks and dyes. They're also used to enhance the flavor of juices, clarify beer and wine, and to treat tonsillitis, pharyngitis, hemorrhoids, and skin eruptions. It all depends on the other chemical reactions happening around them. If you're brave enough to enter the rabbit hole, search what are the properties of tannins. Hopefully your mind won't explode. Okay, so which hazel has anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, antibacterial, antimicrobial, astringent, anti-cancer, antifungal, and antiviral properties? It's used to treat and prevent acne, skin sores, bruises, cold sores, ingrown hair, swelling, psoriasis, eczema, dry scalp, varicose veins, hemorrhoids, cracked skin, poison ivy and oak, insect bites, sunburn, melanoma, razor burn, oily skin, and allergic reactions. And this is the short list. Basically, witch hazel is one of, if not the best things for your skin. It helps reduce acne, heals bruises, cuts, and sores, heals burns, smooths wrinkles, lightens dark spots and discolorations, treats insect bites, calms irritations from poison ivy, oak, and sumac, etc. It can be taken internally at the correct dilutions, something that is way over my head. Definitely defer to a doctor for this because what I did get from my research is that it can cause damage to the liver in excess. I've never taken it internally, but I have been using it externally for decades. I'm allergic to neomycin, which is neosporin. So when I do cut myself, I'll use either witch hazel or frankincense to disinfect the cut, scrape, whatever. Continuous applications of witch hazel will not only keep it clean, but it will also help minimize scarring. And it's real easy. Just put some on a cotton ball and dab over whatever ails you. Or put it in a spray bottle and spray it where it's needed. I love to cook, and usually when I cook a big meal, I end up burning myself. Hit my arm on the inside edge of the oven as I'm pulling something off a rack. Hit the edge of a hot wok as I'm putting a bamboo spoon down. Stuffing, committing suicide while I'm stirring it by jumping into the frying pan full of hot olive oil for the chicken cutlets. That last one, the hot oil bounced onto my arm just under my wrist, somewhere between my wrist and the inside of my elbow. I don't even remember exactly where I got burned. It completely healed. No scars, no discolorations, nothing. What I do remember, besides the pain, is that the oil splattered, so it wasn't just one specific spot or shape. I ran cold water over the entire area first, then poured a little witch hazel on it and covered it. I kept dabbing witch hazel on it with a cotton ball every few hours for a few days. Seriously, you can't see where the oil splattered. I wasn't as diligent with the other two burns. I dabbed witch hazel on them with a cotton ball until the stinging went away, and maybe once or twice after that. The skin is smooth where I got those burns, but those spots are also a bit lighter than the rest of my arms, so you can see where I got those, especially when I get a tan. Not like a scar, more like a discoloration. Almost like I had something on my arm while I was outside and those small areas didn't tan, and this was before I got into essential oils. It was just straight up witch hazel right out of the bottle, nothing added. Basically, witch hazel really doesn't need any kind of a boost from any essential oils or other ingredients. It's a force to be reckoned with all by itself. 
the hand sanitizer recipe I gave you in Season 1, Episode 2 can really just be witch hazel and nothing else. It'll sanitize your hands, soothe and moisturize dry skin, and stop itching from minor irritations all by itself. The essential oils just reinforce its power and give it a different scent. I know some people may not like the scent of witch hazel by itself. Since it is so powerful on its own, you can use just about any essential oil with it, just for a bit of added protection and to change the scent, as long as it's not a skin irritant, like cinnamon or something you're allergic to. You also don't want to use an essential oil that doesn't complement witch hazel, like maybe the citruses. Witch hazel works great with basil, oregano, peppermint, tea tree, eucalyptus, lavender, langlang, and lemongrass. This gives you the opportunity to give it a scent you like and reap the benefits of all the ingredients involved. You can also make a room deodorizer with witch hazel. Use an 8-ounce amber Boston rounds with a sprayer cap. Add about a quarter of a teaspoon of vodka, 30 to 40 drops of your favorite essential oil, or oils, keeping the total drops of essential oils within the 30 to 40 range. Swish the bottle a bit to mix the vodka and essential oils. Then add about 8 ounces of witch hazel. Use alcohol-free witch hazel to minimize altering the scent. Add the sprayer cap and shake well. Spray to deodorize, disinfect, and freshen any room or your car or your workspace. One thing witch hazel isn't is a carrier oil. When you do mix it with essential oils, remember to use a binding agent like a bit of vodka. If you have dry scalp or dandruff or even just oil buildup in your hair from conditioner or other products, Use some witch hazel to wash out your hair. It'll moisturize and soothe your scalp and remove the oil buildup on your hair. It'll also leave your hair shiny and healthy. You can use it like a toner on your face. This will remove dirt and toxins, reduce any inflammation, help with any discolorations, smooth the wrinkles, and help you feel refreshed. It'll also fight acne and other minor imperfections. You can even use witch hazel to remove your makeup. Guys can use witch hazel like an aftershave to cool their face and protect against ingrown hair. Actually, anybody can use it as an aftershave on whatever part of your body you shave. It's even gentle enough to use on a baby. Diaper rash, heat rash, any minor skin irritation. You can use it to treat swimmer's ear. Put some witch hazel on toilet paper to help heal hemorrhoids. It'll reduce inflammation, stop the itching and bleeding, and calm the pain. Here's a great tip from DrAxe.com. Quote, If you have blisters on your lips, inner cheeks, or gums, turn to witch hazel to speed healing and get rid of pain and swelling. It's safe to apply the extract to the inside of your mouth to slow down bleeding, blisters, sores, bad breath odors, and infections of the gums, especially when combined with other healing oils like coconut oil or peppermint oil. Witch hazel also helps relieve pain from toothaches or teething in infants, prevent infection after oral surgery, and fight bleeding and inflammation from mouth sores. End quote. There is witch hazel tea. Do not use witch hazel water. The tea is dried leaves, flowers, and stems, like any other herbal tea. The tea can help soothe a sore throat. While witch hazel can be used topically on dogs to relieve dry, itchy patches, in small amounts it is toxic to cats. Now, I've seen conflicting articles on this, so please talk to your vet before using witch hazel on your pet. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to email me at vobygypsy at usa.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at vobygypsy or LinkedIn. Search either Crestwood Genty, Who Gets It Naturally, or VoiceOvers by Gypsy. 
please download this episode and make Who Gets It Naturally a favorite on your preferred channel so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. The next episode will be published on Tuesday, August 1st.